need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is I Got You, Boo. Hello, hello. Hi. How the hell are ya? I'm feeling like a new woman. I bet you are. Tell us about that. <laughs> so <laughs> Let's just jump right on in. Okay, well, I have been complaining. I am fully aware that I am a complainer when it comes to my gray hairs. Okay, totally been complaining. And I went and I got my hair done. You know what? Not even done. I got my grays colored. It wasn't even like a huge extravaganza. It was, I got my grays colored. (sighs) My girl, Leanna, she slays LA hair salon, always great in Vaughn, Ontario. They crush it. But she was like, "Mm, mm mm-hmm. Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. You, yeah. This is, you've got grays. (laughs) It's just like, great. And it was because I don't go this long between colors touch-ups for grays so she was just like oh wow if you knew how many grays you had you would be upset so I'm just gonna tell you because <laughs> the ones I can see are the ones that I that are on my hairline but apparently there was a lot more where that came from so that was a fun experience I was at the salon for five hours because <laughs> I got Wait, you mean you love to talk <laughs> oh no <never> mind. <laughs> No, because I was, no, yes, but because they were taking really, 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 really good precautions, like, like to the max. So I felt super, super safe. I mean, I haven't been in a salon since our regulations were alleviated, like back in the fall. So, I mean, I haven't done my nails or anything since then. So I get my little, my roots done and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot the nail salon and the wax place is attached to this place. And Leanna was like, go do it. Do the thing. Make it a self-care day. So I like, yeah. came in and I'm like, oh my gosh, can I get my nails done? Totally forgot to get a pedicure with all the excitement. I'm not really sure how, but this poor woman was like, so what have you been doing during the quarantine? Like we go into the wax room, you know? And I'm like, I've been <laughs> shaving what do you think I've been doing? Like, do you think I have the balls to wax my own? And she was like, oh yeah, I know you can tell. I'm like, well, what do you want? Like, what did you want from me? It was like, she was judging my thick hair. I was like, what would you like? Like, And then- Wait, what? Yeah. She was like giving me a hard time. I was like, what would you expect me to do? I wasn't going to nair my vagina. I wasn't going to wax my own vagina. That sounds like it would burn. Yeah. And then, would you ever let me wax your vagina? I don't think you would be comfortable waxing my vagina. Really? Do you know how to wax vaginas? Do you know how to wax vaginas? Yeah, I YouTube. I YouTube. What? No, no. Oh, you wouldn't my. let me do it. I would like you wax my vagina. Well, guess we know where we stand in this friendship. In the words of Wendy, my vaginist waxist. Is that a thing? Wait a minute. Bad. The person who wa- who has waxed my vagina's name is also Wendy. No. That's so weird. That is really weird. Hashtag friendship. Her words exactly were, she just looked at me 
made me spread them and said, you really have to trust someone when they're waxing your vagina. And I said, I know, Wendy, and I trust you. Do I trust myself? No. And then she went on to say, well, why didn't you get your husband to do it? Didn't you tell me that you learned to cut his hair? To which I replied, hair cutting and vaginal waxing. Vaginal. It's vaginal. Vaginal. (laughs) Once again, we're not even three minutes in and we're talking about vaginas again. I'm sensing, this is so us. <laughs> I love this for us. So <laughs> anyway, she looks at me, she talks about the trusting thing. And then as if she knew that the initial reason I came into the salon, which let me tell you, she did not, was for my grace. She goes on to let me know, because I needed no. to know this. No. Yep. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. She goes on. Yep. She goes on to let me know that I'm becoming salt and pepper in that department. Exact words. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. Yeah, what, a, you. what a journey. What a journey. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. And then I sit wow. down and she's like red again for your nails. And I was like, yeah. And I was like super short with her because I was upset. I was like, now I have to stress out about having gray hairs in my vagina. I haven't even pushed a baby through it. Okay. Like, give me a break. I feel like everyone has got to have a few stray grays. Okay, but I don't see them. Like, she must have been really in there. I haven't seen them yet. You know, they must have been. So she's all up in your bat cave. The point is, the the actual experience probably was less than ideal. (laughs) The at salon experience. (laughs) All right. But then I left being like, well, now I feel fresh. Also, Becca has a theory. Oh, you're going to, yeah, I do. No, you should tell the people the theory. Wait, which theory? Because I have, there was a few about your vagina specifically. <laughs> was there? Yeah, there was one diva cup. One. There was a diva cup theory. And then oh, there yeah. was, is that what you're talking Or like the waxing theory. I think well, we my theory was. the diva cup theory already last episode. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, my waxing theory was that she like in this journey of trying to conceive that I think you just needed to give your lady bit some TLC. So now that she's waxed and ready, it's like what you would tune up a car before you take it for a road trip. You just needed to tune her up a little bit and get her fresh. And now is when it will happen because you have ready to receive, ready to conceive. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That was amazing. So yeah, that's what I think. I think you just needed to wax her up a little, tune her up, make her feel like a lady. And now she's like, I am so ready to hold this seed. (laughs) She's a lady. Heard it here first, Mark your calendars. (laughs) If I'm right, though, that's going to be really great. That will be, honestly, (laughs) for the the rest of that kid's life. I'm going to be like, Auntie Becca called it. (laughs) You're welcome, kid. You're welcome. You are here because of her theory. That's it. (laughs) Spoken into existence. Well, piggybacking off of your salon, I went and actually, uh, this is where I got a mani-pedi, and this was my first pedicure specifically in over a year. And here's the thing. 
it wasn't anything close to gray hairs on your on your vag. But <laughs> they used this new tool that I was like, this is not necessary. Like everyone's already the the nice weather hashtag same weather system has been <laughs> gorgine. So all of the basic bitches were like, yes, pedicure time, myself included. Hi, self-proclaimed basic yeah. bitch of life. And um, so we're all sitting in our pedicure chairs. The white nail polish was popping off on, on, on most of the chairs. And these tools start getting taken out. And they're like, they looked like round electric saws that you use. What? Like, yeah. It like spins around and it looks like it has sandpaper on it. And you, they were using it on everybody's like heels and feet. And I'm like, okay, calm the fuck down, ladies. You do not need to bring out the electric saws for our feet. It wasn't just mine. It was all the chairs. I was like, maybe this is like just you a were getting tool. your feet buffed. Like it was like a, a foot buffer. Right. But electric, not like the little cute little sponges that they use to like rub, like scrub oh. your feet. But like, I'm like, you don't need to like plug in batteries for our feet. We're already a little bit sensitive and a little bit insecure because we're coming out of a global pandemic with our feet like fucking cave women. And now you want to try and like just plug shit in to saw at our heels. It seems excessive. It seems excessive. And now I'm no longer happy. But maybe like maybe they were predicting that you you all needed it. I mean, I'm sure I need it. I need it. I have really bad heels. So like if they pull that out, I'd be like, all right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I get it. But it just seemed really excessive. I was like, this is a lot. This is a lot. And I like I prefer the scrub. Did you tell them? Like, because I feel like that could no. end up in bleeding. Like, that could end up not nice for your very sensitive feetsies. Yeah, especially because you can't, you guys can't see me, but, like, the arms of all the ladies were fully extended. And, like, the foot was, like, being held up. So we're all like, what the fuck? It wasn't just me. I was looking at the women next to me, too, because we're all in, like, these glass cubicles um, for, like, COVID regulations. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, you good? Because this feels weird for me. And everyone's like, no, this is like, this is like new. <laughs> this is a new inter- like thing being implemented into the pedicure world. So I'm sure the intention was what was great. But and I'm sure like, of course, you're using something electric on somebody's foot. You don't want to get it in your, something in your eye. It just was a lot, but it was great. It felt great. It was nice. I have still not been on. So this was my first ever full weekend not being on social media. I've never, ever done it. Speaking of self-care, I had to practice what I preached. And we talked about it last weekend. And I've never tried it before, and I just felt like I needed to do it. So it's been fun. I, like, miss it. I love social media. I think I'm a big—we talk about this all the time. I'm a big advocate of you—or believer of whatever that word is, insert correct word here, that you curate your feed. So mm-hmm. if you don't like what you're seeing, change it. But sometimes you just need to put it down for a minute. It's been nice. Free the titty on the lady lounge. It's been—I think I got sunburned. She actually did free the titty, though. She did. She sent me photos. <laughs> I have— Photographic evidence. <laughs> I sent her tits. <laughs> Not a surprise. Not a surprise. I wait. Can we just circle back? You really won't let me wax your vagina. You wouldn't trust me to do that for you. We're back on this. Listen, listen. Yeah, I wanted to circle back because. Listen, vaginas are really ugly. Okay, they. I ugly. love vaginas. Well, I don't love vaginas in that, but like they're great. <laughs> You don't think they look ugly? Oh, my God. Listen. No! I love how different... They're all like a thumbprint. Everyone has a different vagina. I mean... I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, penises generally have a look. Vaginas generally have a look. 
I just don't know that I want to hmm. have your face. Like, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want you in my taco. I will serve you some tacos. And then what are you going to do? Be like, oh, we'll have Taco Tuesday. <laughs> hey, AMQ, speaking of tacos. <laughs> trying to have a wax party. <laughs> Like, All right, we've, fine. we've literally gone so far into the other extreme of post-COVID life that we're like, we're, we're not even thinking about how excited we're going to be to, like, be in the same place and breathing the same air when that's <laughs> physically able. She's already like, how about I get up in your lady bits? <laughs> Let's get so close. Let's do a science experiment. It involves me, you, some hot wax, and your Pikachu. And Andrew will be there on the sidelines, ready to hop in at any occasion because I'm sure we'll need the help. Andrew, our code word is carousel. <laughs> if you need it, if we yell it, that means we need you in here. Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. I won't try. And I'll guess I'll leave my waxing kit at home when we meet up. Well, first of all, yeah. I, you know what's ironic about the conversation that we had last week about the foundation? I was trying to explain this to you, but you did not understand what I was saying. No. <laughs> is no. I think I was so hyper-focused on the concealer con- conversation and my pores, because I talked about my pores so much, that after, this is not a joke, okay? So on Thursday, after I re-listened to our episode, because, <laughs> yeah, I listened to myself, um, <laughs> I was like... I was like, uh, I listened to us on the way to the salon. It was perfect. I was like, LOL, we're funny. Um, and I was, I got home that night and I was like, oh, wow, my, my pores are really bad. And I went to town. I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Like, I'm not a face picker, but in this case, I was. And then it got, it was like, it's bad. And now I have this scab on my face and I have these patches. And I'm like, oh, I understand why people use concealer. And ironically... I don't have any at home. <laughs> now you got to go through the whole thing and get color matched and do all the th- all the things. Full circle moment. Anyways, she really is stuck on this vagina thing. Just for record, okay. I don't want to wax your vagina. So we're not the Damn. Same. Damn. Damn. Guess I know where I'm at. Where I rank. Right below Wendy. I'll shave your toes. You would shave my toes, but not wax my vagina. Actually, those are yeah. very different. I don't know why I just pretended to be shocked. <laughs> That's very different. Okay, fine. Would you let me wax your armpits? Yeah. Okay, fine. That needs help, so. Fine. I can never do a good job, because when I try and wax my own, they, like, fold. Oh, yeah. And then I, it's not fun. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. enough about vaginas. <laughs> Oh, wait. Okay, so there's a story. There's a story that I want to talk about because this is all over TikTok. It's all over all over the things. And I know my girls, Georgia and Karen from My Favorite Murder, talked about this before their episode, too. So I had to look it up. There is a girl who was getting ready in the morning. I was like, "Mm, look at me, fresh face, probably doing her morning affirmations in the mirror. And then realizes that there's like a hole behind her medicine cabinet mirror in her home, in her apartment, and decides to crawl into it. Like she, like the mirror like shifted, like the whole cabinet thing shifted, and she realizes it's a hole. So she crawls through it and is now existing in an entirely new apartment. It, her, the space- th- That sounds like some Narnia shit. Right. So 
a few things here that <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. Mostly, though, would you crawl through a hole not knowing what was on? She didn't know what was on the other side. And think of like a medicine cabinet. You have to like contort your body to go through it. And you don't know what you're going to like. There could have been a body. It could have been. She just saw it led to something and decided to go for it. Dora the Explorer that shit through the wall. Would you do it? <laughs> um, I think I would do it if if I opened it and it, you could see that it led somewhere. Well, yeah, like but you don't she know. literally was looking through. Right. But if she was looking through and she saw some kind of like, you know, the light in there kind of looked like it kept on going. Wow. Yeah. If it was like, because if, if I looked in front of me and I could see a path, then yes. But if I just looked in front of me and it was black, that means that what if I crawled through and I dropped through a hole? That would be my concern is the whole thing. Okay. But if it was straight in front of me, uh huh, then probably. But like what? Yeah. So apparently though, that is where like that is how apartments were built back way back when. Is that like so you could essentially be like medicine cabinets would be up against on walls of the apartment, so you could like see other people getting ready in the day. What? Yeah. So she like just went for it, and I don't know if I would go. I love a good like true crime. That seems like it would lead to a true crime thing, but it was just like an empty apartment. <laughs> it was just an empty apartment that no one that no one knew was there. How how I, I, I'm so curious about this whole story. Like, how is there an apartment that nobody knows is there? There's so many. I have so many questions. I don't know. I have so many. Questions. I don't know. I, I don't know the logistics behind it, but I just know because, I mean, how long is a TikTok? Like a minute? <laughs> there wasn't much time to explain. True. But yeah, she just went. But I mean, I would 100% do it, I think. Like, I, is that surprising to you? Like, I, I've crawled kind through of. mines before. You've crawled through like, mines before? Yeah. In Egypt, when I went to Egypt. This bitch. Um, pyramid number three which is now closed, but the pyramid, pyramids of Giza, the pyramid number three, pyramid, pyramid number three, which is now closed to visitors. There was an opportunity for those who could fit to go up and into and around the tunnel system in there. And at the time, my boyfriend at the time was like, I can't fit in there. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> That's a once in a lifetime opportunity though. Yeah, well, the guide was like, it's going to be closing next year. I was like, double bite. Yeah. If I don't come back, I made history. I'm in the Pyramid of Giza. Yeah. I didn't care. I was like, let's go. And he was like so pissed that he couldn't do it. He was like, oh, literally like cursing his own stocky shoulders. He's like, oh, I don't have to be so strong. I'm like, shut up. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving. I'm going to have, you have fun being vain. I'll be in the Pyramid. So you're not, you're okay then with very small spaces? Yeah. See, I don't know if I could do it. I'm just not good with heights. Height, like heights? No. Anything to do with heights, I won't. Really? But sp- spaces? Yeah, I'm good. We're the total opposite. I could do heights all day, but small spaces, I don't know if I could. Wow. No. Well, that's a cool opportunity. Of course. You have to, right? Yeah. And then it was on the news that it was closed, and I told everybody I knew. I was like, see, I was in there. <laughs> I did it. Street cred, for sure. <laughs> I went. They, they said it was going to close. It did. Yeah. So you have to. There's really... When you know that you're never going to get the opportunity again, you got to go for it. So that's really. Well, you wouldn't have, but. I know. I feel like I would have. If I knew that I was never going to be able to do it again, I'd like 
say fuck fear and do it. Because that's in Egypt. Okay. If it was like if it was in Philly and they were like, yeah, go ca- crawl through this. Absolutely not. <laughs> but if I'm in Egypt or if I'm somewhere like, yeah, traveling the world that, and those opportunities come up, I'd be like, all right, let's boss up, take a Xanax and do it. But <laughs> other than that. Take a Xanax. <laughs> yeah. Pop something to make me chill out oh. and we'll be all right. Boss up and change your life. Boss up and change your life. <laughs> exactly. But other than that, I don't think I really, that's all I got for this week. <laughs> that's all I got for updates on things that. I feel like that was a lot. I feel like that was a lot yeah. of things. <laughs> what we're really here for though, ladies and gentlemen, is this when, okay, wait, when this, when we put up the question box of topics that you wanted us to cover or would be interested in hearing about, mm-hmm. this topic came up five times at least. On my on like both of our ends, so we are here to discuss. Yeah, bum 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 bum. Drum roll, please. Toxic positivity. <laughs> Toxic positivity. Yes, we are. Toxic positivity. It's a thing. It is it's a thing. Are you gonna be in charge of defining it for the people? Well. Okay, I have, I don't have a formal like Google def, but I have the Brene Brown definition. Cool, run with that. Let's run with that. Brene Brown explains toxic positivity to be forced false positivity. Simple, short and sweet. Do you have, do you have another one? Simple. Um, Yeah, it's the idea that we should focus only on positive emotions and the positive aspects of life. So this is a biggie. To be honest with you, there was a lot of research that I think had to go into this because I didn't want to half ass. We don't want to half ass anything, but especially this topic, because I didn't know I had an idea of what it was, but I didn't understand the roots of it and how deep yeah. they are woven within ourselves and our emotions. So Chi-Chi's up. Let's talk about it. What's your I know I am definitely guilty of being toxically positive. I will admit that <clears throat> I have. I have since been trying to work on it because holy shit, I did not realize the effects of it. What is your initial, when someone says toxic positivity, what is your initial thoughts? Um, Ooh, the deep exhale. Shit. Okay. I'll say this about a year and a bit ago. I'll say like pre COVID times I was told somebody just straight up told me you're toxically positive. And I'll be really honest, it was my first encounter with that term. Mm -hmm. And I took it so negatively. Like, I was so offended. I was hurt. I was like, I'm going to cut this person out of my life. And really, they were just... Boy, there it is. Like, they they were just trying to educate me, which, which, like you and I, are trying to do with a lot of other humans. Right, right. And... It ruffled my feathers and I just took it. So I was so upset. I was so upset. I literally sent, I don't even know how many texts that day to people in my life being like, hey, question. Do you think I'm toxically positive? Do you think I'm toxically positive? Spiraled. I rolled. Yeah. And yeah, spiraled. And I found out that nobody else really knew what that was either. Right? Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of people who were like, oh, what? Is that even a thing? Like, oh my gosh, way to have someone shit on you for being positive. Like, you're just trying to be a positive light in the world. You know, I had like people like that who were like trying to be encouraging and like team AMQ, like trying to make me feel better. And then you have people like Andrew, my lovely, 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 Uh-oh. logical, rational husband, Uh-oh. 
who was like, well, yeah, I mean, toxically positive means that like it's excessively positive, which sometimes you can be. And I was like, which obviously pissed me off. But you know what? 100% I was. And like when I, but when I was told I was toxically positive by the human who told me I was toxically positive regarding what I said to them, now that I've done the work, I realize 110% I was being toxically positive because I wasn't allowing that human the space to feel what they were feeling. And instead I was just trying to toss like a good vibe sticker on it. Mm. And it, I was so well-meaning. I was so well-meaning in doing that. But wow, now that I look back, I'm like, I am the queen of saying, feel your feels as you feel them, right? Mm-hmm. We're all about that shit. And meanwhile, I'm telling this person, I was almost devaluing how they felt by being like, you got this boo, you good. Like, oh my gosh, it's fine. Glass half full. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like, yes, glass half full is great, but not when you're, you're, um, I was like whack a mole her feelings, if that makes sense. I was almost like, mm-hmm. go down there, go, like suppress it. Like, it's not, it's not important right now. Yeah. Not good. So that's like, those are my feels on it. Okay. So let's dive deep, shall we? Buckle up, buttercups. Start your engines. So I have, do do you want to do your article first? No. Okay. You're going to talk about toxic positivity and like why it's like a plague, basically. Yeah, it is. I'm going to talk about the antidote to toxic positivity. So you guys to go first. Oh my gosh. Okay, so for those of you that do not know, I would like to be friends with Brene Brown. I talk about her all the time. But for those of you that do not know who she is, she is a researcher, a storyteller. She is the epitome of vulnerability and daring greatly. She has a bunch of New York Times bestsellers, The Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, Braving the Wilderness, and Dare to Lead. She has a podcast called Dare to Lead. And she had on a woman, another doctor, who they had such a beautiful discussion over this. Her name is Dr. Susan David. She is the visionary behind emotional agility. She is one of the amazing thinkers of the world, and she studies it quite literally for her life. They had such an awesome conversation. Ultimately, our emotions are allowed to happen. They are not good. They are not bad. They are valued. They are worthy. Like you're allowed to feel them. So when you say toxic positivity in a way that like you spoke on devalues how somebody is feeling, you're essentially telling them they're wrong and not meaning to do it. You're essentially telling them, no, focus on the good. And if we focus on the good, that means we're strong. That means that we will overcome things. And that means that we will be better if we can focus on the positive and not live in the negative. However, (laughs) there is a space in between those two things where your emotional agility, the way that you handle your situations and the way that you can identify your feelings lives. And in a way that it doesn't own you, Those feelings don't own you, but they can exist. And just like positivity, Mm -hmm. those emotions that sometimes don't feel so great and are very uncomfortable, they can exist together. And it's just what life is all about, pretty much. So um, they are, she explains emotions to be signals for life. And she has this um, mindset of thinking about it like they're signpostings. 
this was just such an awesome way to do this. And I know that when I first, and I think you can, you can speak to this too. When I first started on like trying to feel more confident and bettering my life and feeling more positive about my life and my body, gratitude was a big key factor in doing that. And I found myself doing this exact thing that you're not supposed to do. But if I was feeling down about something, mm -hmm. I would make a grat list five things, stop, drop and gratitude, right? However, that's not what you're supposed to be doing because what that tells us is that you just need to flip over the page, say why you're grateful, and that's gonna make you stronger. And they that's bullshit because it makes you more fragile because you're not living in the world as it is, you're living in the world you wish it to be. And that's not true. That's a false positive. You are trying to show gratitude because when you're grateful for things, then it'll make things better. And that's the world you want to live in. That's a fantasy world. And that's not necessarily always our reality. You can't fake it. You need to live in the world as it is. It's like telling someone, my comfort is more important than your reality. When you tell somebody, mm. so this was such a beautiful quote that Dr. Susan David said, and I was like, hit, it hit me right in the chest because it's so true. When we're, like you said, you responded with, you got this. You want to send the good vibes their way. And when they don't feel like they got this, it's essentially like we tell people, and I've done this so many times, it's like telling people that they shouldn't be trusting that, that doubt. They shouldn't be trusting their feelings. They shouldn't be trusting their struggle. That's an uncomfortable place to be because you don't know how to support somebody. And that's where the empathy and self-compassion can come into play because you might not be able to understand it and you might not be able to like throw your spin or what you experienced to somebody, which is also toxic to do, but you can sit with somebody in it. And that's where compassion is because you can sit with somebody in these negative feelings and be like, I'm here for you and I'm going to try and support you the best way I can without just telling you it's going to be okay. Because in this moment, you don't feel like you're going to be okay. And sitting in that discomfort and navigating those feelings, instead of saying, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm angry, try and think of other ways to label mm -hmm. it, which I thought was super interesting. Um, and instead of saying, I feel stressed, Sometimes we say we feel stressed, but what we really feel is self-conscious or sometimes we feel lonely Right. and um, you shouldn't feel lonely. Like other people have it worse. You essentially gaslight yourself when we start to do this. And this year, especially where so many people feel lonely and you're like, why do I feel like this? I shouldn't feel like this. I'm grateful for my health. There's so many other people that have lost so many close loved ones in their life or have been sick themselves. Like I shouldn't, like you're not, you're devaluing how you're feeling or validating how you're feeling. It's just not how it is. And it's just so interesting. How many times have we had this conversation? I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to stop doing this to myself. I am grateful for my health. Mm -hmm. I am grateful for the life that I'm living, I have a roof over my head and we're just so easy to stop dropping gratitude when that's actually be, be doing more harm than good for our lives, right? Yeah, I would say that something that kind of blows my mind a little bit is I have stopped in the recent past, I've stopped saying good vibes only. You wanna know why? Because that is so damaging. Mm -hmm. Like we don't realize we don't realize how damaging. I actually had to throw out a coaster set, which is beautiful. And I had like, it's this beautiful wooden coaster set, but I was using it at my desk every day. And it said, good vibes only. 
And I had, I had to throw it out because I was like, no, you know, good vibes. Yes. That's, that's my personal brand. That's the name of my team. That's the name of my company, but I, it's not good vibes only wellness. Right. Right. It's I'm here to put good vibes on, you know, this is me. And am I always, no, I can be a bitch if I want to (laughs) be. Like just who can't person, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I can't, but it's, it's the good vibes only that word only. I never realized how, but when you now, now, now we, now we're on the other side, right now we think about it and we're in like student mode and we realize, Oh shit. Right. (laughs) Good vibes only. That is so oppressive. Right. It's like, it's like, if you, we see reels and TikToks all the time, like, you know, if you're not about good vibes, like don't come this way. And like, we laugh and we giggle and we're like, yeah, exactly. But then if you really think about that, it's like, oh, I don't know. It's such a double-edged sword, you know, because you want to be a positive light, but you also be want to be open and approachable because quite honestly, the feedback, I don't know if you've ever gotten this feedback, but I have in the past, somebody told me that I was intimidating because of how positive I am and that I didn't seem approachable. Mm. and I hate that. That's since changed. This was a time in my life where I was 100% highlighting only the positives on my social media, and I since have made that transition, and I highlight the real, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that stuff, even though I don't even like to classify things as good, bad, ugly, whatever. Right, right, right. Anymore. The hard, Again, the hard. Again, all the work I've done. Right. The hard, the, the not so hard, but I was like, oh, okay, that sucks. Because for anyone who knows me, I'm really approachable. And so I was like, oh, the last thing I want is for somebody to think I'm not approachable. Because if they come to me with a concern, I'm going to be like, the sun is shining. Shut up with your concern. Like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Shut up with your concern. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. But that's what we're doing. That's what toxic positivity is. It's like somebody's bringing up something that's not so hot. And it's, we laugh, right? But then it's like, when you're listening to this, I hope you're realizing and having the light bulb moments that we did where it's like, oh my gosh, that's literally what I was saying. I was Mm -hmm. telling someone, shut up with your concern. Like your problem is minuscule compared to this. It's like compared to what? You are living your truth in that moment. Mm -hmm. That means it's a value. You can't just shit on someone's feelings because you think you're comparing them to this. Like, I hate the idea of being like, well, you think that's bad? Like, it's like you're trying to one-up their problem. Don't worry about it. This person, this person is going through this. You think your pregnancy is hard? Well, Felicia was like, went through this. It's like, no, no, no. Right. No, no. None of that. So yes, that's my... uh, Good vibes only is no longer in my lexicon. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, there it is again. Lexicon, this bitch in her lexicon. She has says lexicon. I don't even know if it's been on episodes or just when we speak, but I'm like, lexicon, again, it sounds like a shape in something in geometry. Like, oh, hold on. This is a hexagon and this is a lexicon. This is a rhombus and a lexicon. Okay, anyway, but uh, oh, I'm so guilty. A Roomba? (laughs) No, that's a vacuum. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But I am I am totally guilty of people coming to me and saying, oh, don't focus on that or just don't think about it. Don't let it take up space in your mind. And I cringe and I just when and you again, all well intended and all thinking that it'll help. It doesn't because it makes that person feel like they can't trust themselves. 
And, and also when we do that, when we focus on those emotions, we end up bottling up the bad and suppressing it because mm-hmm. we feel like we shouldn't yeah. be feeling those things. And that just becomes a weight that you carry around with you that you don't need to, you, you can learn to manage it. And it feels like it's such a big task. Like, well, how on earth are you supposed to manage those uncomfortable feelings? So I'm not gonna call them bad, but the hard feelings, the darker feelings, the ones mm-hmm. that, that are harder to navigate. Um, but when you can sit with them and allow them, instead of letting them define you, have a conversation with them. It that's how you learn compassion for yourself. Sometimes self-compassion totally is viewed as being lazy and that you're just, you know, making an excuse for yourself and that's how it's easier to, to but that's not what it is. Compassion is is learning how to manage it. So, for example, if you are so like these signpostings that um Dr. Susan David was talking about. So, if you are grieving and you're sad about the loss of somebody or the loss of something grief is looking is love looking for a home because you don't Mm -hmm. know where it goes anymore or loneliness might mean that you are in need of connection and affection which is something that we've all been craving because we're humans and we're tactile and we love that feeling of touch so something that's been working for me in this department because i uh i live alone with bruno for over a year now Luckily, when quarantining, I've been able to keep in touch with my, um, you know, in person with my immediate family. But sometimes if those lonely feelings come up, um, not feeling like I shouldn't. And I in the beginning of quarantine, when those lonely waves would come, I would stop dropping gratitude. But now just being Mm -hmm. able to put your hand on your heart and meditate or just like give yourself a hug or wrap yourself in a nice warm blanket. Like these are things that you can do that might feel like, oh, okay, cheese ball city. But no, you're you're human. And you crave affection and connection in that way. Um, Anger can come off like you're feeling unheard or misunderstood, or it might even be fearful. So many times we mask fear with anger because it's easier to get mad and it's easier to blame somebody else for how you're feeling instead of really being like, I'm just fearful of being vulnerable or fearful of being misunderstood. And you're just, or you're just tired. Like hangry is a a thing. (laughs) Sometimes you just yeah, need to feed just, yourself. Like, restless sometimes, you know, like sometimes when you're just restless and you don't really know what the problem, you just know something doesn't feel right, but you're just restless. Yes. Yes. Stress is also, especially for me, a sign of depletion. Like when I'm stressed, mm-hmm. I just, it's not necessarily those things that I need to do on my to-do list or like what I need to do. It's just that I feel really depleted and I get really tired when I'm stressed and overwhelmed. So... Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, how am I? Because I, st- I was trying to put this into practice before we did this episode because we've been talking about doing this for a couple weeks now, but we really wanted to grasp a better understanding for it. So I was trying to be more self-aware of when I was feeling things and what I was really feeling. Because like, I'm mad, I'm mm-hmm. happy, I'm sad. Like those are like our go-to things. But when you can name three other things you're feeling instead of that, then that's where you really kind of get to understand yourself and understand those emotions and you can learn how to regulate them and build a moral compass for yourself and make better decisions Yeah, because you're able to sit there and say, okay, True. what do I need here? I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling uneasy. What do I feel like I need? And I know for me in the past, it was food. I would lean on food for comfort in any of those things that I just listed totally. and what I'm feeling. And I would eat my feelings mm-hmm. in such an unhealthy way. And instead being able to have- I 100% just did that yesterday. (laughs) Like, relatable. I just did. And there's, 
I mean, we're not perfect. There's going to be times where you're just going to be like, oh, you know, what? I just need a pint of Ben and Jerry's and a good cry. And that's okay. Let, release that shit. I, I, there's no shame in crying and any, in any gender that you are. Because so many times we're told boys can't cry and, you know, dust it off, just, just the dirt off your knees, whatever. But it's how we build emotional agility, which is how to be a more sustainable human when we are able yeah. to uh, let those emotions and not let them control us. So that's where you find your wisdom, right? That's how you learn about yourself. Talking about love language last mm -hmm. week, you have to learn about who you are as a human. And it's not as easy as just get over it. Just get outside. Just go for a walk. Those are things that might help. That's self-care. That's not totally. sitting with your feelings. Yeah. No, exactly. Like I, I have the, I have some examples Oh yes. Toxic positivity. So toxic positivity versus genuine optimism. Oh, love it. Okay. So, Give it to us. Okay. So toxic positivity, being negative won't help you. Genuine optimism. It's important to let it out. Is there anything I can do to make this easier for you? Ooh, okay. Love that. Okay. Toxic positivity. Good vibes only. Genuine optimism. I love you through all of your emotional states. Oh, I love that one. Mm-hmm. These are good. Toxic positivity. You'll get over it. Genuine optimism. You are so resilient and your strength will get you through it. That one is such a good way. What was the toxic positivity one of the one you just said? You'll get over it. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, so good, right? Yeah. That's my favorite one, I think. Toxic positivity. Other people have it a lot worse. Genuine optimism. You are not alone and there is support to help you. I love that. Toxic positivity. Smile. Crying won't help. Genuine optimism. It's okay to cry. Like we literally just said. <laughs> we all do. Can I get you a tissue or a hug? What can I do for you to help? Like so cute. Mm -hmm. Toxic positivity. Just stay Positive. Genuine optimism. Things are tough right now. Do you want to talk about it or do something more lighthearted to take your mind off of it? Like, mm -hmm. so good, right? And again, Becca says it all the time. And now I say it. It's flipping the script. It is so simple to be triggered by so many things. And look, we... Well, I know for a fact that this far into this podcast adventure, I've already said stuff that is recorded and out there in the podverse for Are all you years. talking about your that vagina has, that has, again? <laughs> no, that has triggered other people. Mm. And that is going to happen. I want to make that very clear. That is going to happen no matter what. Listen, when you have a preconceived notion about something, someone, or the way in which they communicate, you're going to be looking for something to be upset at. So you need to remember that. But you really, I take that, like, we take this so seriously. Like, the reason why we do these topics is because, again, we are in student mode constantly. We say this all the time. We're learning with all of you. We take the time to research this stuff. We, like, immerse ourselves in these topics and... It doesn't go, it's not like, okay, episode nine, that's it. Close the book on toxic positivity. No. You're this so will right. to come right. up in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. This will continue to come up in our lives. And the way in which we, what we learn is how 
Think about what we learned about each other during the Enneagram episode and how much that has helped our working relationship and our friendship. Same thing with this, because we manage humans, right? You are a teacher, you are a coach. I manage a team of humans that are very different. And I'm like, holy shit, I have spent the last five years saying things that are so damaging to these people. And I feel so terrible about it and have been so immensely apologetic because I remember exact moments where I could have responded with something like this. And I have since taken the time to have some pretty uncomfortable conversations and apologize. Mm -hmm. And some of you are going to be listening to this podcast episode and be like, oh, (laughs) that's where that came from. Yeah, but that's amazing that you're able to do that, though. Well, A, it, like you said, it's nev- it's always well-intended. But to be able to call yourself out on that, that takes a big old set of balls and, because it's hard to do. And, like, the list that you just gave off as to the um, the the better opt what was it? Genuine optimism versus toxic positivity. Those things are harder to do with people because you're sitting with someone else in their discomfort and you want to respond in the correct way. You know, being able to go back and reopen those lines of communication with your coaches. And I think that's huge. That's a major step in the right direction. Yeah. Sure. But then it encourages, again, like like this, it encourages them to look on, you know, like look back on themselves. Right. Like, Damn. Okay. Because for me... My brand is good vibes. So that, listen, if somebody is looking for a a reason to have a problem with me on the toxic positivity front, I am like tossing a bumper sticker on that shit and making it easy for them, right? Because they're gonna be like, oh, she's all about good vibes. Like, oh, don't bring up any any negatives. And that's not true. Yeah. That's not what it is. Good vibes, good vibes. Like you said, it's not good vibes only. It's just. No. Yeah, that's. If it was called Good Vibes Only, then we then that would be a different conversation. Ooh, then we would do it would be a, a rework of the name. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a nightmare! Rebrand, rebrand. Oh god, <laughs> flip that script. Oh my god. Okay, I just have one more thing that I wanted to make crystal clear about self compassion because I know I kind of touched on yes. it before. But when you are when you're mm-hmm. compassionate and you're kind to yourself when you're feeling discomfort and when you're feeling your feels. You have to have your own back and things are not going to go your way all the time. And things are not going, you're not going to be proud of every decision that you make or the way that you acted in a, in a situation. But if you can sit with yourself and show yourself kindness and understanding and know that you're not defined by those things and you're not even defined by the feel like the negative feelings that you're feeling now that allows comfort and boundary for you to do that. But when you do that, you're also teaching other people how to speak to you, but more importantly, you're teaching yourself how to speak to yourself. And that breathes con- confidence in decisions that you make in taking mm-hmm. risks and accepting challenges and just fucking going for it. Whatever that looks like for you, when you are able to sit with yourself and have your own back, you are able to live your life more fulfilling. And none of that is with the exiting of discomfort. So sitting with that, in being able to show yourself compassion through it is ultimately where you can grow and to learn to have your own back. But that was it. That was all I got. And action breeds confidence. Yes. So whatever that action is, it's, it totally does. I also need to break the seriousness for a second and just make it very clear because unfortunately y'all cannot see this. Uh I can, but Becca to make it very clear is sitting on a stiletto that is a leopard print stiletto chair. Okay. (laughs) 
Imagine a leopard print stiletto chair. Yep, that's that's what she's sitting on. She is sitting on a leopard, not to be mistaken with Louboutins, because we already learned that she has no idea what the fuck those are. <laughs> now I got him. Now I got him. Now I got him. I understand. She, it does not have a red bottom. The, the <laughs> no. stiletto, making it very clear, does not have a red bottom. No. But it is a stiletto fucking leopard print chair that she is sitting on. Like, <laughs> talk about, talk about like knowing yourself. Like, that's like so on brand. <laughs> I'm talking about the serious topic and I'm sitting on a big leopard print high heel. So I can see, I can see why it's a little bit difficult. A little bit difficult. It's, it's just so, like, I, I knew it was there, but for whatever reason, while she's oh getting my gosh. serious, it just, that was like giggling in my head. I'm, that's so funny. <laughs> like, she's talking about this real thing. Like, I'm imagining like a TED talk where people have like a podium and a really badass like headset and they're wearing like a pantsuit and blazer, you know, like a whole pantsuit. And meanwhile, <laughs> leopard she's print on her suit. Leopard print stiletto. Yes. Leopard print print. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so I read, moving on. I read because I am, I am a devil's advocate. That's me. Oh me. man. I am. We know this. We know this. I'm confrontational. We already know. We already know the eight in me. And I can never just take something for what it is. I always have to dig a little deeper. I'm a journalist by nature. It's all those those traits that make AMQ, AMQ. So the BBC, I went looking deep for this one, just so you know. I went on like a toxic positivity. We both did like a, a wormhole. Yes. It was like some stuff was great. Some I was like, I don't want to talk about this. This is that's not even right. Mm-hmm. Um, like editorializing and just not good. The BBC.com has a has a section called work life and they published an article titled how we think tragic optimism the antidote to toxic positivity and i was like oh my tragic optimism i need to read this so tragic optimism amid grim times putting on your biggest smile may seem like the best coping mechanism however that approach could be harmful but luckily there's another way through Tragic optimism posits there is hope and meaning to be found in life while also acknowledging the existence of loss, pain, and suffering. First defined by Austrian psychologist and Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl in 1985, proponents of tragic optimism maintain there is space to experience both the good and the bad and that we can grow from each. So it talks about how finding meaning amidst the chaos is a good way to reframe when you're feeling like nothing is going right in your life, for example. Like we're, we've all felt those feelings, like the spiral feeling where it's like you're just circling the drain, you know, and you you don't really know how to not be circling the drain. Um, and something that was just so simple, like so simply put, but touching, uh, tragic optimism offers a perspective on adversity that helps people weather crises with more resilience and grow as a result of them. To be tragically optimistic is a happy medium where instead of crushing our spirit, difficulties and challenges provide us with a learning moment. We love a good learning moment here. Love a good learning. Oh, yes, of course. Okay, so first off, what are your thoughts on on this? I think you're not going to be surprised by this at all. Oh, no. (laughs) But no, it's not a no-no. I think that tragic optimism is the toxic positivity 
equal to body neutrality. Like what body neutrality is to body positivity, I would say tragic optimism is to toxic positivity. And like, I could be way off. People could disagree. I welcome that. But when I was reading this article, I was like, okay, yeah, it's the concept of like what we've been saying. It's the concept of just sitting in it. It's, it's, it's fine. Like, you you know, the meaning of what you're feeling is just that, that you're feeling it, that it doesn't need to be dissected and like, you know, overanalyzed. It's just like, okay, this is just what your life is right now. Like it doesn't need, you literally does not need to be positive right now. It's totally okay. You know, you don't need to look at like when someone passes, right? Like I remember when Nate passed and everyone was like, oh, but he served a great purpose on earth and he's in a better place. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He was awesome on earth. I just want him still here. You know, like because your grief was love looking for a home and your home, that home was, right. was that person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now I'm realizing we go through this so much in our lives. Like I'm not, if I knew this stuff like 20 years ago, you know, oh. it, I'm telling you it would have made dealing with so many of the circumstances I've dealt with in my life so much easier, mm-hmm. like insane amounts of improvement are coming from learning about this topic. So I want to hear what you think about this, about what's your take on? Okay. At first, I just thought it it was sounding like toxic positivity just worded differently. Cause you're still, I mean, I might, I might be misunderstanding that tragic optimism is still saying there's a meaning for why things are happening. Is am I understanding that correctly? Maybe not. So the quote is tragic optimism posits there is hope leave it to the British to say a word like posits. (laughs) There is hope and meaning to be found in life while also acknowledging the existence of loss, pain, and suffering. So no, it's it's like you're still in it. You're in it. Right, right, right. Okay. Exactly. Because it's it's not defining it. Yeah, so I think that that, I would agree then with what you said about it being like the body neutrality to body positivity. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I do just think, I think that like it's not just when you're feeling a certain way, sometimes life can just suck. And sometimes you can really feel like you are just in it and not being defined. I think that what you're explaining is that there can still be hope that lives in the same space as that shit storm that you feel like you're sitting in Um, and being able to properly identify it. Like maybe this person or this thing isn't stressing you out or isn't making you mad or maybe you really just don't dislike this person. Maybe it's because that you feel like they're not hearing you. Maybe it's because you feel like vulnerability is fearful. And when you have, in order to overcome this, you have to step into that vulnerability and that makes you fearful. So I think it's like, it's a great way for both of them to exist. I love the whole idea. It's been so life-changing for my soul. And I think you can agree during this time, learning how things can coexist and it's not so, I feel great, I feel not so great. Or I feel sad and I feel happy. Those things, life is somewhere in the middle. And learning how to manage that in the middle space with empathy and compassion. So I kind of dig it. At first I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't think I agree. But then as you were explaining it, tragic optimism. Huh. So Trent Shelton talks a lot about life as a book. Sending all the love and prayers to Trent because he's going through it. Yes, yes. He talks about life as a book, a super simple concept, right? And that just because it's a shitty chapter, it's not the whole book, Mm -hmm. right? And 
if you if you dive even deeper to, into that, and like I love I love reading now. I grew up reading way more than I do now, unfortunately. And there are those chapters, just like there are episodes in shows that are character building, right? They're giving you an idea of who the people are so that when the storyline continues, you can have your understanding of how they're feeling and how they're moving through this storyline that is their life. And sometimes those chapters are just kind of meh, right? It's like it's like when you just feel like you're coasting through through life and you're like, I don't know. Like I'm in a I'm in a state like that right now. Mm-hmm. And I am not I'm not a, I'm not I don't coast. <laughs> like that's not my thing. I always have that next thing going on and I have a hard time just being like okay in the present moment. Always been a problem for me. So I love going back to that. I always like remember him. <laughs> like I hear his voice in my head like a bad chapter is not the whole book, you know, that you need to be, he says, sometimes you just have to turn the page to realize there's more to your book of life than the page you're stuck on. Oh, yes. I love right? how you said, how you just said it, it they're character building moments and character building chapters because it doesn't yeah. need to define you and you will get out of it, but it's okay if you just sit in the suck. <laughs> right? Like every shitty relationship I've ever been in, character building. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, thank you, story of my life. Thank you for writing that in. I mean, you know, when we always, you know, when you say shit, like, you know, you catch yourself being like, what have been nice if I could have friggin' not had that shit happen? And then I'm like, no, it wouldn't no. have been nice because I have no idea who I would be. I might still be a doormat. I might still be allowing people to take advantage of me. Who knows? We don't know, right? You, I, We are not, you know, this is not the night before Christmas and we just like Scrooge our life from like <laughs> the bird's eye view and we see like multiple realities, like alternate realities of life. It's like, no, you, you have to be happy for those chapters. And sometimes the boring, cha- like who knows? You turn the page and it's like, Oh my gosh, we started a podcast. <laughs> right, right, like, right, no? right. It's like, it's like, ooh, shitty, the world is shutting down. There is a virus killing so many people. I'm relegated to my home. Oh my gosh, it feels like the world is ending. Next chapter, launching podcast. <laughs> you know, like, couldn't have called that. No. And, you know the, what I mean? and those things are happening though at the same time. Like those things, speaking yeah. of that's like the best example of things coexisting, is that you can still create. And still create things that and check things off your goal list while feeling like mm-hmm. your your walls are closing in around you and being able to manage yeah. both of those things at the same time. Oh my gosh, I love that. Character building chapters and storytelling. And go circles right back to the TM. That's an AMQ thing. <laughs> oh, is it? Ooh, okay. Yeah, character building was just me. Trent gets a lot of credit, okay? <laughs> okay. Right, credit to you. Yeah. <laughs> Credit where credit is due, boo. Back on AMQ. (laughs) Insert spotlight, please. Oh my God. Like a creaking of a spotlight. But yes, I just, I I do. I really love that because it's, it's, it again, circles back to being able to understand that character in the story better. Being able to be empathetic for understanding why they're feeling what they're feeling or why they do what they do. And, you know, oh, was a goodie. <laughs> that was a good one. I we're going to just name, we're just going to do an entire podcast episode on character building chapters of our life. Oh. Yeah. And so Shit. are the days of our lives. 
character building chapters of our lives. Do you have the time? And are you It'll be <laughs> ready for the tea? No, we can make it a two-parter. We can do like, we can do, you know, we can do like the Becca edition. Oh. The AMQ edition. Look at Write it down. Guys, welcome. Welcome to welcome to the inner workings of our mind. <laughs> You are welcome. You're hearing us plan this the pod. This is how we plan our next episode. <laughs> Planning the <Yeah>. pod. <laughs> oh, wow. We just keep it real out here. So are you then on the the tragic optimism journey? Like, is that where we're headed? I, I feel like we, the only way to, to rectify the problem that once was my toxic positivity, full disclosure, I'm admitting that I was toxic oh, same. positive. The only... Yeah. The only way to rectify that is getting on that path, right? Like, mm-hmm. like one foot in front of the other, catching yourself when you say something toxically positive and being like, all right, maybe not tragic optimism. Maybe we can use the like the examples that I use, which is genuine optimism. Genuine optimism. Like, yes. Tragic is a terrible word, right? We can we can address that. Um sounds very gloomy, but genuine is like. We work so hard to be that word again, that authentic word, right? Whatever the fuck that really even means, right? And it's such a buzzword now. But ultimately, being authentic just means you're coming from a a well-meaning, real, genuine place. And so I think genuine optimism is just like, I think kind of taking that breath when you're about to say something, because we're coaches by nature, you and I, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Somebody comes to us with a problem and we just want to solve it for them because we don't want them to feel the bad feels, air quotes, bad feels that they're feeling. But like slapping a sticker on it, slapping a bandaid on it isn't, isn't helping. Taking that extra time to ask, how can I serve you? That is, that's going to be the game changer in this. So I'd say my, my parting thought on it is, taking some time to think about times that you've been toxically positive, boo crew, and then think of something you could have said instead and just try it out, mm-hmm. right? Just start trying it out in your everyday life and catching yourself. Like I do it a lot. I still do it. Like this week, I caught, like you said, I've been very mindful these last couple of weeks because we knew this was coming up. And I actually like told Andrew the other day he was being toxically positive and I like explained it to him and he was like, true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the cool thing is you get to educate the people around you, right? Because so much, we're in the shit, right? We're, we're in it. We're in the shit right yes. now. So it's so easy for us to be like, all I have is positivity. Like, let me have this. Like, you know, and you, you want to hold on to it. I get it. But then if it's like too much, I mean, I never want to say anything is too much or too little. But honestly, again... It is, there is. There is such a thing as too much positivity. That's what toxic positivity right. is. Right. So I, I'd be, I, I just want to know, I just want to like leave this episode knowing that y'all are going to like put it into action, you know? And if you feel overwhelmed by putting it into action, put it into action with yourself. I have found that that's a really good stepping stone when I feel like a task or a change that I want to make in the way that I communicate or the way that I uh, I want to build stronger relationships with the people around me is that I work on it with myself first. So when I tell myself or when I try and dismiss my own feelings, sit with them with yourself and say, am I really feeling this way or why am I really feeling this way? And then unpack it there. And then knowing that you can live in it and without letting it own you. 
And then you can do it for others because it does open the door for a little bit of discomfort when, and I know if you were to ask me when I'm really upset, for example, how can I serve you? Or like, I just, how can I support you? I want to be there for you. Sometimes that person might not have an answer because they don't know how to be there for themselves. And that's also okay. But then instead of responding with, you'll get over it, like you'll get it, like, or you'll make it out on the other side, being instead responding with, I'll sit with you in this until you do, because I know that you're resilient enough to do it. And I'm here to link arms with you in that process. That would make me shook if I heard but we don't talk, we, as humans, don't speak to each other like that because it's uncomfortable. So I am so interested. Yeah, but that's emotional intelligence. Emotional, right? emotional intelligence. It is, you emotionally intelligent bitch. Yes, it is. Right? Oh my gosh, I'm going to go make a reel about that right now. <laughs> I have that one saved too. I have that one saved too. <laughs> While still holding people accountable for their actions. Yeah, that one. <laughs> cool, cool, so cool. Like, it's emotional intelligence. Yep. Emotional intelligence. And you know how you get there? Literally by taking the time mm-hmm. to do the fucking work. Guess what? There is going to be a common theme in this environment of this pod that is literally just doing the work and then fucking chucking it in the fucking bucket and doing the work again because yep. you're going to have to keep on doing it. Like, I, I imagine, like, literally, I, I imagine myself taking... Toxic positivity. Imagine toxic positivity is written on a post-it note. Mm-hmm. And I literally took that post-it note and crumpled it up and tossed it in the, in the fucking bucket. Yes. Like, that's what I did. I was like, okay, when you visualize things like that, you're like, nope, that doesn't serve me anymore. Chuck it and replace it with something else. And who knows, you know, maybe, maybe the way that I approach things isn't going to always work and I have to be ready to evolve with it. Exactly. But that's kind of what we're working through. Yeah. So... That said, we always welcome emails. We love getting them. So please, if any of this spoke to you, let us know. You know, if you want to be kept anonymous, we'll respect that, of course. But these are all topics that we we can all use a little bit more of in our lives and we can learn from and grow from and continue to take. Like, what do you always say? Take, take what you need or you always say like. Oh, yeah. You fill yourself up and then you pour from the overflow. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Yep. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> There's so many one-liners. I'm trying to, it's like we're playing charades here to figure it out. <laughs> but yes, always, always email us at hello, hello with three O's at I got you com. And if you love our vibe, please like, comment, review, and subscribe because it really helps us get all of y'all access to amazing guests, which are coming on up and all the good things. We know that you want I Got You Boo to continue to serve the way that it does. And we want it to evolve just like all of these topics are evolving. So anything that you can do to show us the love, you're going to get it right back. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Bye.